Health Roundup, where we talk about recent highlights of our coverage of the emerging digital health space. I'm MedTech Insights Managing Editor, Marion Webb, and with me today is our Washington, D.C.-based reporter, Hannah Daniel. Hannah, looks like you've covered quite a bit of cybersecurity updates this month. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, thank you, Marion. So that's right. There have been quite a few regulatory updates this month about cybersecurity in medical device software, and a lot of these will affect medical device manufacturers. So earlier this month, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, or NIST, published a draft for an updated version of its widely used cybersecurity framework, which is a guidance that's used across cybersecurity companies, um, including digital health companies, but not limited to. So the framework increased the scope, expanding its recommendations to all industries, not just critical infrastructure. The cybersecurity framework also introduced a govern function to its five pillars of holistic cybersecurity. The other pillars are identify, protect, detect, respond, and recover. And this is still in its draft version, so they are taking comments. And speaking of holistic cybersecurity, there was a recent report published this month by Health ISAC, Finite State, and Secure and Inc. that found that there was a 59% increase in vulnerabilities in healthcare devices since last year. The report found vulnerabilities across product types, including software applications, operating systems, and hardware. So it's not only good practice to keep up with cybersecurity updates, it's the best way to protect devices from cyber attacks. I also spoke to MedCrypt's Naomi Schwartz, a cybersecurity expert, about upcoming FDA cybersecurity regulations for pre-market approvals. As I've mentioned on this podcast before, starting 1 October, the FDA will begin to issue refusal to accept decisions or RTA decisions based on the cybersecurity requirements outlined in the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2023. Additionally, the FDA will require e-star forms for 510k submissions, and these will help companies mitigate RTA decisions. So RTAs don't tell a company whether a submission is adequate or not, just whether it includes the right information. E-star forms will walk companies through every piece of information they need for a submission. So hopefully, if a company fills out the form correctly, there won't be a need for an RTA decision. Hannah, that was a great overview on what medtech companies must know. Thanks, Marion. Now, you wrote a story on an Israeli-based company that is using VR and AI to add it to a treadmill to provide gait training with the goal to reduce falls in the elderly. What can you tell us about what this company is doing and their technology? Yes, thanks, Hannah. So the company is called GateBetter, and it developed a very interesting add-on technology for conventional gait training using a treadmill. Its digital therapy uses semi-immersive VR, so not immersive VR where you need a headset to enter into a virtual world, but rather semi-immersive VR where you just look at a gaming-like environment at a computer screen in front of you, as well as proprietary computer algorithms for gait training. The goal is to challenge the person who's walking on the treadmill to not just use their motor skills, but also their cognitive skills. So this is how it works. Picture yourself walking on a treadmill and then looking at a screen that's mounted in front of the treadmill. As you watch the movement of your feet on the screen, you're asked to navigate hurdles and practice high steps or long steps as you walk. Each program is tailored to further challenge the user to exercise cognitive skills. 
And that can be skills such as memorizing skills. So where you memorize a route, for instance, to a barber shop and then navigate there. Or you may be asked to push a button when you see a cat on the display. So then what are the benefits of using both cognitive and motor skills for gait training rather than just relying on motor skills? Yes, good question, Hannah. So this is how the CEO of GateBetter, Helik Harari, explained it to me. He told me that the company has found that this kind of motor cognitive intervention encourages brain plasticity, which makes the brain more efficient. So with aging and the development of different neurological conditions, such as Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's and stroke, executive function decline. And as they decline, they affect our gait capabilities. He also noted that GateBetter has done five intervention studies to date and multiple peer-reviewed studies that show GateBetter's benefits. One study he highlighted found that 15 sessions of intervention with GateBetter led to a 71% reduction in falls and 46% reduction in emergency room visits during the six months after the intervention compared to six months before the program. So the company is backed by some great scientific evidence, which should help with creating awareness and credibility with physical therapists. Um, Is this product available in the U.S.? Yes, GateBetter first brought its solution to the U.S. in 2021, and the technology is now installed in about 30 facilities in the U.S., including the Baltimore VA Medical Center, Spalding Rehabilitation Hospital in Boston, and Rusk Rehabilitation Center in New York. So GateBetter's goal for this year and the coming year is to further expand its footprint here in the U.S., But unlike in Israel, where fall prevention is covered by their health system, reimbursement remains the big hurdle for wider adoption here in the U.S. Gotcha. So there is no reimbursement for the technology here in the U.S. Well, there are CPT codes available for therapy, and GateBetter hopes that payers will provide a high enough reimbursement for a new add-on code to incentivize providers to use the equipment. But that may not be enough to offset the cost of integrating the system into physical therapy clients that are known for being rather low tech and very low capital equipment organizations, the company told me. Well, thank you so much for that introduction to GateBetter, um, which is now freely available to readers on our website. And you can read about all of these topics and more at medtechinsight.com. There you can also access all of our podcasts, including past editions of the Digital Health Roundup and all of the podcasts from our sister publications like Pink, Script, HBW, and InVivo. Just click the podcast menu at the top of the homepage. And we should also mention that this month you'll be traveling to Boston along with our editor, Reed Miller, to cover the LSX USA Congress, where you will also be moderating two panel discussions. And then in October, you'll be covering health, HLTH in Las Vegas. Thanks, Hannah. Yes, I'm very excited to attend both of these conferences and, of course, write about innovative companies and panel discussions for our MedTech Inside audience. Thanks, everyone, and have a great week.